Welcome to Flow Working, the entrepreneur's podcast, helping entrepreneurs tackle real-world problems in their businesses with tips, tricks, and advice from other solopreneurs. In this episode, I had a wonderful chat with MindShift expert Shiraz Babu. Shiraz shared with me his personal moments of learning how the stories we tell ourselves get us addicted to all the wrong things in life and how shifting those stories is a powerful way to shift your whole life. Welcome to Flow Working, the entrepreneur's podcast, the podcast where entrepreneurs come to hear tips, tricks, and advice from other entrepreneurs about what it takes to run a business in all types of industries. And my guests share how they turn their passions into businesses. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and in this episode, I'm joined by Shiraz Babu, award-winning author, international speaker, and reality-shifting specialist. Entrepreneurs and coaches and healers hire Shiraz to rewrite their business stories and with them, their reality, because most people are unknowingly addicted to their stories of adversity and struggle and left with a lack of success, confidence, and freedom. Shiraz helps you eliminate, terminate, and annihilate your unconscious addiction to those stories in order to ignite a stream of high-paying clients while fueling an abundance of free time, money, and energy. I'm excited to have you join me today, Shiraz. Thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me, Megan. So let's get started and talk about these unconscious stories because we, you hear a lot about money mindset stories, but it sounds like you're talking kind of overall that we have the way that we talk about ourselves is a little uh, negative in, in some spaces. So how are these unconscious stories really affecting our prosperity, our abundance in life and, and relationships? There's, there's a bunch of different ways it does it's, but it stems from either wanting things to be hard or worrying about feeling guilty or shameful for your results. And a lot of times you don't even know you're doing this. Right? So, for instance, I had this, this story that I had to live with for years and I didn't realize how it was affecting me. And it stems from the fact that I, I come from South Africa. Uh, so... My mom is South African from the Zulu tribe, but because we're conquered by the Dutch, there's some Dutch blood in the ancestry. My father is half Malaysian, half Indian. So I, I'm just this mix. And I present as black or Indian to most people. So growing up, I got to have both black and Indian racial slurs thrown at me from different people. So that was just what it was like growing up. And it wasn't so bad. It would just happen every now and then. It was just something that I learned to live with. When I started to travel, however, I remember when I, I went with a bunch of people to Rio for, for Christmas and New Year's, which was an amazing trip. When we came back to Canada, we're coming through customs, and then the guy says, hey, you need to come over here and have to, to talk with you. And I said, oh, guys, we need to come over and talk to you. He's like, no, not them, just you. And I'm like, oh, I see what's going on. And as I continued to travel... I kept getting stopped. It didn't matter if I was flying, if I was driving across from Canada to the US, one uh, a few times while I was traveling by train in Europe, every time I crossed the border, I stopped. They would check uh, my identification, they would check my luggage, they would check my vehicle if I'm driving. And I actually called a couple of them out and I said, is this the black check? And got them to admit it. <laughs> And the worst and ironically possibly the best incident was when I was in Madrid 
they pulled me out of a crowd and threw me in a wagon. And then they threw another black guy and another black guy and another black guy. And I'm like, I'm seeing a pattern here. And then they took us to jail. And their, their thing there is we throw everyone in jail. And in the morning, we sort out who's actually in the country legally or not, just so we get to throw a bunch of people in jail. But we had to go through a strip search. And yeah. And the thing is, at that time, I was, I was in really, really good shape. And when they're stripping us down and then they're making us squat to make sure there's nothing in the body cavities, we were in view of the holding cell where they had the, the ladies of the night. And when my clothes came off, I got, woo, baby, yeah, all right. None of the other guys got that, right? So I'm like, hey, this is not so bad. <laughs> so I thought this was going to be humiliating. That was their intention, but it worked out really well. <laughs> so, but... As this was going on, my overall ambitions decreased. And not in a way that I, I, I just thought, oh, I'm never going to amount to anything. It's just that I slowly, bit by bit, lowered how much I wanted to achieve. I, I decided this is how hard it's going to be as a black man in, in the world. But I was completely unaware of it. So whereas I felt, OK, my life is at a 5 and I need to get to a 10, my 10 years ago would have been a six, but now I see it as a 10, right? And then I was talking to one of my coaches and he said, Shiraz, are you ready to step out of this story? And I looked at him, I go, racism isn't a story. Racism is something that's real. And he goes, yeah, racism is real. But the way racism affects you is your story. You're not saying things like you're driving along and the cops are pulling you over. You're crossing borders. It's only happening when you're crossing borders. Why did you want to make this your story? And I thought about it. I'm like, wait a sec. I've been studying this, and I, stories is one thing I really know well. And you don't have a story in your life unless you get a benefit out of it. And I said, what's the benefit here? I'm getting stopped. I'm getting harassed. I'm getting searched. He goes, Shiraz, every time you tell that story, your eyes light up. You love the reaction people give you from your story. You also thrive on the fact that people say, well, I managed to do this. And you're like, yeah, you managed to do that. You don't have to deal with the racism. You don't know what I have to go through as a black man. And you're getting off on that pride of how much harder things are for you because you're black. And I thought about it and went, oh, my God, he's right. <laughs> so this is it. I, I'm, I really love when I tell the stories and see the reactions. And so I, I made a point right then. I said, I'm done. I'm done with the story. That was seven years ago. I haven't been stopped since at any border. It just stopped happening. And what was also neat is I discovered that there are non-white customs agents because unconsciously I always lined myself up with the white ones, right? Because that way I could be in my story. That way I could have the results. That way I could tell it over and over again. I didn't even know I was doing it. And, I've, and that just brought another level to how I was working with my clients because now I'm looking because a bunch of my clients, you don't know my story. You don't know how hard I've got it. And there's this pride and they're unconsciously making their lives harder. So what I've discovered is there are obstacles and there are challenges. And obstacles happen when you're in this mindset that it's gotta be hard. It's worse for me, right? And so, it feels like you, you've got to go from A to B and then these obstacles drop in that you didn't expect and you've got to overcome all these obstacles and you feel good overcoming. Because if you just went straight from A to B, it would be unfulfilling. 
it wouldn't be satisfying and you couldn't have the story of adversity to talk about and so you, i see people creating all these uh, stories of obstacles especially like you, and it's in the statistics too like 90 percent of businesses that start fail mm -hmm. because they mm -hmm. drop obstacle after obstacle after obstacle yep. when you go from challenges you're sitting there going this is this is my life this is good i'm accepting where i am but now i want to create growth so i'm going to put a challenge in front of me to create that growth mm -hmm. it's deliberate it's not oh now i've got to overcome this it's like no now i get to overcome this to create yeah. growth in myself and most people don't function from challenges they only function from obstacles interesting so yeah. it's it, it is interesting how one of the things that you had shared with me earlier was that it's like this addiction. That, yes. you know, and, and it sounded like you were unconsciously so addicted that you, like you said, you were putting yourself in the spot in front of the white mm -hmm. human because you're like, I know they're going to do it. So yes. how do those addictions, I mean, for maybe for clients, like you shared how you were doing it, but how does that show up for your clients or, you know, even just in a day-to-day -day business life where we're putting mm -hmm. this addiction in front of us and, and really focusing on the addiction rather than being able to see, like you said, that it's a challenge, but it's not the addicted part. How is that a little bit different between the two? With the addiction, um, you can tell it's there because it happens over and over again. And it often doesn't feel like you're doing it. It feels like it's happening to you. And the thing I, I found with people is, you know, most people get this. Human beings like to be right. Right? And I've seen people choose being right over being happy, over being healthy, over being wealthy, over having wonderful relationships. And whenever you're right, your brain gives you a hit of dopamine. And you love that. So it could be like, you know, my partners always cheat on me. And then you get into a relationship with your partner, cheats on you consciously, you're like, oh my God, again. But underneath you're like, eh, I was right, right again. I get to be right. And, and the crazy thing is you can get addicted to positive results and still get that dopamine hit, but people don't want to lose what they know works for them, right? And again, this is all going on unconsciously, but this works. This gets me my dopamine, got to hit it, got to feel good about being right because this is one of the few times I get to be right because my life doesn't work right now and I've got all these problems, but here I get to be right. And that's, that's what happens with the addiction. Now, it's also a physical addiction, not just a chemical one, because every time a story plays out, you put more neurons in, a, in a, a cluster of neurons that hold that story. So you have more memories of it. You react to it more. You think it's going to happen in the future more. And so this cluster just grows. And in order to get out of it, you've got to start creating a new cluster of a different habit pattern, a different story, so that the cluster you're in starts to shrink and the new cluster grows. And most people don't take it to the level they're supposed to take it. So for instance, um, I look at it as a Jenga tower. Every belief pattern you have is a Jenga tower. You've got all these different towers. And when you want to change it, what you're doing is you're pulling blocks out of the Jenga tower. If you don't pull enough blocks or you don't pull the right blocks, then the tower never falls. So the addiction doesn't go away. But the thing is when you start pulling blocks out, your life can actually change. So you think you've solved it. You think the tower is gone because you're getting the different results. But then because you're not maintaining it, the blocks start to go back in and more blocks get put on top. Have you ever gone to a workshop or a retreat or some big event and you came out of it and going, this is changing everything. Oh, My yeah. life is different, right? Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks or a few months later, you're like, well, where to go? No, <laughs> right? it, 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 right? we're off, yep. 
Yeah. So you pulled a bunch of blocks out of the Jenga tower, but you didn't pull enough to topple the tower. Mm -hmm. So eventually you just put them back and you're back where you started. People are doing this all the time. Hmm. And you don't realize you've got to go through the full rehab program to get out of the addiction. And then you're good. Right. Now, once in a while, like for me with the border crossing, you pull just that key block and the whole thing comes down. It, it just goes away. And that's why I haven't been stopped since then. Yeah. But that is, that's the anomaly more than it is the, the normal thing that happens to people. Yeah. It's actually the, the day-to-day -day work that, that, that action of, attempting to pull the Jenga tower down that actually affects that successful yes. changing of the tower. So how we all have our own stories. And if we're all sitting in our own stories, telling each other these stories, how do other people's stories around us really affect ourselves or our addictions or the way we're staying in our stories? Well, first of all, over 90, maybe like 98% of the stories you're running aren't even yours. They're just things you picked up growing up the stories your parents taught you, the stories your teacher taught you, stuff you've seen on the media. And so you're running stories that you don't even have to be running. The other thing is stories are contagious. So you can pick up a story from listening to someone, from, uh, from hearing what happened to someone, and from being in an experience, and even just from being in the energy of that person, which it seems kind of crazy, but I've seen it happen. So have you ever been in a situation where you acted completely out of character. And then afterwards you go, what the hell was that? that? That's not me. You jumped into someone else's story for a little while and then came out of it again and realized, oh shoot, that's not me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that happens to people all the time. Mm -hmm. And you can stay in a story for a few seconds or the rest of your life and anywhere in between. So it all depends if the story works for you. Mm -hmm. But it can change really, really quickly. One, one of the crazy things that was, it's great to look back at now at how powerful it was, but it was, it sucked at the time. I used to be in corporate mm -hmm. and I would get 25% raises mm. year after year. Right? And, and I thought that's just what everyone was getting. I thought that's what it was. Cause we were, it was in tech. It was during the tech boom. I figured every tech company is doing this. And then I, I was on a cruise, a company cruise and talking to one of my buddies. And I said, you know what I love about this company besides like all the other cool stuff is the raises 25% every year. And he looks at me and goes, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, our raises, we get like an average of 25% a year. He goes, no, we get 4%. And that's above the industry standard. And I looked at him and go, what do you mean 4%? How can you even live and keep up with inflation on 4%? That's insane. And so we called other people over and we said, look, don't, you don't have to tell us your salary, but what's your average raise each year? 4%, 4%, 4%. And I'm like, wait, what the hell? And they're like, yeah, that's what we do. And so the next time raises came around, guess what I got? 4% because I bought their story. All, all those people couldn't be wrong. They had to be right. Yeah. So I jumped on the same story with them. Even though I had all this evidence, five years of 25% raises, I, I couldn't possibly be wrong because everyone else said that's what it is. Wow. <laughs> right. Wow. Yes. So... My dogs are being terrible. Sorry. <laughs> it happens. Um, so it's, it is interesting to me that you're saying that we absorb, because we think about, I mean, for example, we hear about the mother wound or the father wound, where you're absorbing those things that your parents unintentionally did to you. But it sounds like even in groupthink or situational experiences, we're actually taking on pieces of the story and it's changing the way our abundance shows up. Yes, absolutely. Wow. 
I mean, this is the thing, like some of the common things they say, if you want to be successful, you've got to hang around successful people. It's not just to learn from them. It's to be the energy of success that they're in. You're going to pick up their habits, you're gonna, but you're going to pick up their mindset too. And you're going to start picking up their results. Right. I picked up all the stuff from the people on my cruise. And luckily, it wasn't a poverty mindset. It was just the rate at which we accelerate mindset. Right? So, so that, but that happens over and over again. And it really, it really does. It's interesting how I, you know, in my personal life, I recently had a new life partner come into my life who is much more abundant mindset than I was. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm productive. What's going on? And now I'm like, oh, he's explaining this to me now. I get why all of a sudden I put myself in a new environment with a new story. Mm-hmm. And even though it wasn't my story or I felt like it wasn't my story, I just started taking on the environmental changes. Yes. So if surrounding ourselves by good people is one way to shift that story for ourselves, what's another really impactful way that you kind of maybe without giving away the secret sauce, but that can really help people like understand how to maybe pull some more of those Jenga pieces out and move that forward faster. One thing you can do is reframing exercises. So what that means is you picture things going the way you want them to. And I've seen like with movies, like the secret and stuff is like, you know, picture your life the way you want. That's actually hard, harder to do. And, Uh, You don't get the results you want with that. What you want to do is the smaller things, right? Because your brain doesn't care if you're imagining things or if it's real. It treats everything the same, right? There was was an experiment done in 1969 with a basketball team where they divided the team into three groups. And they had one team practice free throws for an hour every day. And then they had another group just sit in the classroom for an hour every day. And then they had the third group sit in the classroom, but imagine making free throws for an hour every day. And so the one that did nothing was the control group just to make sure everything was was good. And so at the end of the month, the control group showed no improvement in their free throws. So fine. The the group that was actually practicing showed a 24% improvement in their free throws. The the group that was just imagining making the free throws showed a 23% improvement. (laughs) Yes. The brain doesn't care. It they, treats everything as actually happening. So when you start to do this, but do it for smaller things, like when your phone beeps, do you immediately reach for it? See, that's a habit pattern. But if you start to imagine your phone beeping and you just continuing to do your work and ignoring, your brain's thinking that's what you're actually doing. And if you do that often enough, you'll just ignore your phone and then just go for it when you're done your work. Because your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and real. Interesting. If people talk to you and you go into reaction, like they they ask you, what do you do? And you say, I do this. And they go, oh, that's not real. And you get a reaction. You can imagine someone saying, oh, that, that that's not real. And you go, oh, well, whatever you want. And then not go into that reaction. Your brain's thinking that's what you're doing. And eventually that becomes your habit pattern. So these reframing exercises, if you're doing them daily, and it's, it's like going to a gym. You don't have to do it all day because you don't have to go to the gym all day to become more muscular. But if you do it enough times each day, you're reprogramming your brain. Now, this exercise is really easy, it's really efficient, but most people aren't going to do it because their current patterns are, I'm not going to do that. So even though I'm giving you the how to do it, most people don't actually end up doing it. So what, what I've actually done with, with my clients is we've got an app that 
that big pings you every now and then time to do the exercise time to do the exercise and like okay now we're getting there right humans need a bit of accountability and a bit of push and technology is a great way to go hello remember to do that <laughs> well i have enjoyed learning a lot about stories and how you know, it's interesting to me that it's it's not just you know the stories that we know we tell ourselves but sometimes it's that thing that it's just sort of happening and it's pretty negative and then it's like oh a big shift, you know, like for your example, huh, I'm going to shift this one thing and then it, it just sort of goes away. So yeah. for my listeners and watchers who are finding this, what is a great way that they could get connected with you right now to maybe get some more of their own shifting mindset to happen? You can go to energeticmagic.com, which is my main website. Uh, or you can go to Shiraz Shifts, as in Shiraz Shifts Your Reality dot com, which is is just that's the one. If you just want to work with me, that's where you sign up. The main website is. I just want information on this guy. Let me see what he's all. Perfect, about. fantastic. Yeah. So for my listeners and watchers, please make sure you tap one of the links below. Either get connected or just get some information. Either way, getting your story to shift. Shiraz, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been very inform informational and wonderful to get to know more about what you do. To my audience, I appreciate you joining us for this episode, and I am wishing you peace as you flow off to the rest of your business day. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me. Are you a business owner with tips of your own to share? Go to flowworking.net. That's F-L-O-W, working.net to schedule your episode taping today.